Oh, Scott Ritchie is back, our beat writer. He's back. And you know what? He doesn't have Illinois in his top 25 anymore. Are we really happy you're back? <laughs> I suppose the argument could be made that you're not. But I'm at the point where Illinois has good wins, but maybe not enough great, maybe no great wins to be in the top 25. They can change that this week, though. All right, two games for Illinois. We'll uh, delve into those with Richie. We'll talk recruiting. We'll talk uh, health. We'll talk Coach Brad Underwood when we uh, come back for Inside Illini Basketball. Return after these messages, please. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, good Monday morning, everyone, and welcome back to Scott Ritchie. After a week's suspension, he has decided to rejoin the podcast booth, rejoin the Illinois Beat. It was a tough week. Was that a suspension from my prediction record? <laughs> As we That's discussed gone this in morning, the tank. Ritchie was suffering from bad predictionitis, a bad disease. What? Well, I- I picked Illinois to win two games. I thought they could win. And the first one, double overtime against Purdue, almost won. And then the second one, I picked them to win before I knew Kofi Coburn was concussed and didn't make the trip to College Park. And had I known that information at the time, I would not have picked Illinois to win necessarily. Uh, In all seriousness, welcome back, Scotty. like so many of us, have uh, set back by the COVID last week. So he was quarantined in his uh, Eureka hut. It was not in Eureka. You were you were here in Savoy? I was in Savoy. Oh, I wasn't supposed to be around anyone, and my apartment's the best place to do that. So, Did you ever uh, shower? Uh, did you change clothes? Any, uh, any personal information would be welcome. I did do those things, although I will say this is the first day in like 10 days I haven't worn sweatpants mm. to work because I was just working from home and you know is there a way to lobby for that like that it's okay to wear sweats to work because it was very comfortable uh, and I was welcome, still productive welcome back to Scott he kept on the he kept on the beat just from afar he didn't make the trip to Maryland um turned hindsight thankfully right didn't have to witness that debacle or at least the the last half of it Ed Bond was our correspondent on site Thank you for the pictures, Ed, and for the updates and all that good stuff. Brad Underwood did not appear on post-game radio. I was waiting. I blamed Ed. I texted him Friday. I said, what in the world? Not quite sure what that was about. Well, I I was waiting for that as well. And what I assume happened is there was enough discussion, maybe not pleasant discussion, in the locker room after the game that it was to the point where he needed to make his appearance in – Post game that's not on radio, so Jeff Alexander filled in on on the radio airwaves, and Brad Underwood went to the official post game press conference instead. But uh, 
I mean, there wasn't a lot of positive things to say about that game, no matter who they put out there. I'm Jim Rosso, vice president of the news, a former Illinois basketball beat writer when they were really good. For that one year, two decades ago. We're here for the next half hour to uh, rehash maybe a bad week for Illinois, if you will, 0-2. Uh, bad week for Richie, COVID and an 0-2 prediction record. <laughs> Again, uh, I got hit by the Kofi concussion. It was... I I I I think I should take that one off of my record because it was unfair. Let me and all, check. Like, all the people that bet on Illinois to beat Maryland when they thought Kofi was going to play, uh, they're you know just in it's a rough a spot. Let me check with the committee. Nope they they turned down your your request uh, to have that off your record. That doesn't surprise me. But we're glad that Richie's going to be back on press row on Tuesday night. A doozy of a game. He's already telling me. I'm trying to convince him otherwise that Illinois is going to lose. Now, I'm trying to talk some sense into Scott, and I have a day left because it won't appear. Well, I have till eleven o'clock tonight when the sure when the News Gazette goes to print in Peoria to convince you that Illinois will beat Michigan State. I mean, a lot of it's going to hinge on you know if Kofi Coburn is out of concussion protocol or not. Because if he's not, it's tough to pick Illinois, and I think we saw that saw a great example of that. Against Maryland, it's not just because they were missing his twenty-one points and twelve rebounds per game, which is significant. But I think the biggest thing that was missing was just his presence defensively. Because Maryland had no fear attacking the basket. Like Fats Russell is like five, I think listed at five ten. He might be that tall if he's got lifts and issues, and no fear. He just he was attacking the rim. Using his speed to beat, you know, his whoever was defending him off the dribble, and when Kofi's in the game, there's seven feet and almost 300 pounds of, hey, maybe I'm not gonna do this standing in your way because even if you attack the basket and you know go up for a shot, like you've got to contend with, okay, I'm gonna run into this dude and that's not gonna be good for me. And he wasn't there. And defensively, I mean, Illinois ge- geared everything around Kofi, both sides of the ball. And when he's not there, it it's notable. They just don't run what you have sort of come to know as either the Illinois offense or defense the last couple of years. All right, Brad Underwood is uh, expected to address the media, probably Kofi's situation at one thirty on Monday, and then he'll uh, be at Papa Dell's at uh, 7 p.m. tonight if you want to go have a slice of deep dish pizza, throw down a beer or two, talk strategy with the coach, show up. Yeah, because it's a uh, strategy is going to be important, Kofi or not. Yeah, you know, on Tuesday against Michigan State, now newly a top ten Michigan State team. After they was won it was it Wisconsin. the loss to Northwestern that propelled them to the top ten? It was their road win at Wisconsin. Hmm. On the fraud, which one? Fraud, fraud Badgers. Fraud Badgers. Uh, no, this is the Johnny Davis Badgers. I've told you there's two good teams in the Big Ten, and you will not listen to me. I don't understand you. When there's I, Purdue and there's Illinois. Nobody else matters. They're all they're fine. They're eight seeds or seven seeds or second round losses. Those are the only two teams in the Big Ten. Well, Purdue's number six this week, so you got you're right there. Michigan State's number ten. Wisconsin's eleven. Ohio State sixteen. Illinois still ranked even after an zero and two week, number twenty four, and it's a matter of like, Illinois got several fine wins and you know their losses 
The Cincinnati loss is still really bad. Arizona loss was never bad. And the Marquette loss turns out maybe not so bad because they keep winning. But outside of Iowa, you know, a really good road win, there's not that great win to speak of. And there you go with the metrics again. It's important. It It's one of the deciding factors in like where a team's going to be seated. I believe, as an old school type, in the eye test. All right. Much like I've been telling everybody, it's the Rams, Chiefs, and the Super Bowl will be. I've told them this a month ago. It's Illinois and Purdue as the only good teams in the Big Ten. And I think Illinois could be that, but they haven't been. Maybe. I mean, there was you know, the one stretch there where they were on a winning streak was like, okay, I can see them being one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Right now, though, they're trending in the, the wrong direction, even in some wins. Like, they're... Offensive numbers and defensive numbers have gotten worse. And I think, you know, when they finally have Andre Curbelo and Kofi Coburn on the court together for more than 90 seconds, maybe it'll be different. But that's like, so they had the 90 seconds against Purdue. They had all of the Cincinnati game, which no one played well. It was Kofi's first back. And then part of Kansas State. That's all they've played together. And. If we're going to be real, one of the two was concussed all the time they were on the court together. It's not ideal. All right, so Illinois fans are in a bad mood this week, right? They're bad. They're mad about the two losses. They're mad about the officiating. Certainly mad about the officiating. I, I can understand it a little, and because I, I don't go much for the we're going to blame the officials for this loss. Do they make bad calls? Yes. Yeah. Do you need to play better basketball sometimes? Also, yes. So, I mean, fans are going to go after the officials all the time. I get it. I don't really support it. I was an umpire for several years. So I have a, I understand the other side of that, that coin and, you know, the really nasty things that people can say. Um, so, you know, I just acknowledge the officials will make bad calls and that shouldn't decide a game. A little understandable for Purdue, like, but not – I mean, Maryland don't – even mentioned the officials once. Illinois just not, did not play good enough basketball. Dozens of fans uh, did not storm the court, as it turns out. The place was empty. I but, mean, it's like Maryland's in a sad place because like, I've been to that arena when it's pretty full mm-hmm. and like they've got the one end, I think it's the the south end maybe, it's just like students from the floor to the roof right. and it's really cool and they don't care about Maryland basketball right now. Maybe when they hire a new coach, they'll care again. We'll it's see. bad to be bad uh, in the COVID era when uh, you know maybe fans are challenged to go watch a game in the first place and they need incentive to go watch a game. Here at Illinois, there's still incentive. They're still a good team. Uh, Tuesday night should be a raucous atmosphere, you'd say. I, I still see their advertising for tickets, so maybe it's not a sellout, but uh, Michigan State usually brings out the, uh, the leather-lunged crowd. Yeah, and... I mean, it's, gonna be, it's still a top 25 matchup. So there's, and Michigan State's a top 10 team, and that's an opportunity for Illinois to get one of those maybe higher profile wins. And they've got a good chance here in the next couple of weeks to really add to their postseason resume. It's only between one, two, three, four, what, the next five games, all quad one or quad two okay. opportunities. And the road game at Purdue is like, elite quad one opportunity. Illinois is still sitting pretty in the Big Ten race. A win, to, win Tuesday night, they'll be in first place. 
all this doom and gloom that you speak of, Richie. Well, they did what they had to do against mm-hmm. the teams they needed to beat mm-hmm. to get that nice little early cushion. Mm-hmm. Now they've got to, you know, because that stretch of quad one and quad two opportunities, got to beat Michigan State, got to beat Wisconsin, got to go to Indiana, got to go to Purdue. All right, I'm going to play to your your uh, your sad ways. I'm going to bring up some concerns, maybe not my concerns, but some fans' concerns, and let you address them. Okay, and I'm not sad, I'm just realistic. Okay, well, I'm, I'm happy still. Ed Bond tells me to be happy. Says Illinois is a lock to win the Big Ten, a lock to be a top three seed. I mean, I've still got the recording from a couple weeks ago that we'll have to break out eventually, uh, whether you're right or wrong. But also, I don't know, my happiness is not tied to Illinois basketball. I'll just put that out there. All right, Demonte Williams, what's wrong? Let's start with there. Well, from a defensive and hustle play standpoint, nothing. He's the same DeMonte. Uh Offensively, though, he's regressed. And he's not making the threes at the clip. He did. I mean, I don't know that he was ever going to shoot 56% for a season again. I mean, that was sort of unbelievable. But he slipped there some. He was one of four from three-point range against Maryland, I think. Um, what troubles me the most though are his other offensive opportunities like he's shooting like 23% inside the three point line and a lot of those have been dribble drives where he goes part way and then does like a turnaround fade away and like that's not it's not his shot that's, that's not his game at this level so the shot selection has been a little questionable in my opinion I don't know if he just feels more pressured to do that when Illinois is missing pieces and they've been missing pieces literally all season. He's one of, you know, I think, what, three or four guys that have played every game this year. Um, but, I mean, what he became known for at Illinois, he still does. I mean, still stuffs the stat sheet other than scoring. But I... I Rain it in just a, a hair offensively, I think, would probably be a good idea. All right. How about the freshmen? What, uh, what's happened to the impact they were making earlier in the season? They started playing Big Ten games only, and it's tougher than a lot of the, the opponents they played in the, the non-conference portion of the schedule. And for a, bit, a freshman to thrive in the Big Ten is it's a rarity. Really, um, trying to, like Trent Frazier did well. I mean, he's an outlier a little bit, but you know, he had a very different role uh, in his freshman year. I mean, Io struggled some before you know maybe settling in. You know, later in the year, you know, Kofi, he's just different. But I mean, even he's gotten much better. Um, so, like Luke Goody's still providing. I mean, he's still kind of that that top freshman of the three the one getting maybe the most most run and still doing hustle plays but it's just it's harder to get your shot um and they're they're not being they're not being counted on to do a ton but like if he can get in there grab a couple rebounds play good defense that's really all he needs to do right now all right you're starting to make me feel a little better scotty well there's nothing hugely wrong with this team but all these little things have sort of piled on top of each other when they and they've 
come at bad times. True or false, Brad Underwood texted you this morning and said, do not rank us in your AP Top 25. Well, false, and also it would have been too late because I voted yesterday. Um, but I also didn't vote for Illinois. Um, you know, the loss to Purdue, whatever. I mean, it was a double overtime loss to a top-10 team. That doesn't move the needle. Getting sort of trounced, and I, mean, I know Maryland's late run made that look worse than it was, but, I mean, it looked bad. It was enough for me. It was like I feel like there's other teams that had – better weeks and maybe better resumes overall um i'm always to the point where like they've like i mentioned they've got solid wins not terrible losses outside of cincinnati but just need something that catches the attention and like road win at iowa is it and that's like the hawkeyes are doing their part for illinois like they're playing pretty well and then make keeping that you know a high level win for illinois but need more all right, Scott Ritchie is not only our Illinois beat writer, he uh, covers the national landscape as well. What's catching your attention these days? Maybe not not so much the Big Ten. Um, with SEC. All right. Auburn? Really? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Beating Kentucky? That's a good win. Yeah. And Auburn's 18-1. and one. Ed Bond hates Auburn. He what? just he flashed me the, the throat slash when I brought up Auburn. Why is that? Well, I mean, does he hate Auburn? Do Illinois fans hate Auburn, or do they just loathe Bruce Pearl with every fiber of their being? Mm. Is that it? Is yeah, that I it? would think so. Yeah. Um, and Guilt by association. <laughs> like, Unfortunately for everyone that maybe doesn't like Bruce Pearl, uh, he's got a really good team. How are they not on probation, I ask you? Is there such a thing as probation still in the NCAA? Well, yeah, I, I don't think, really know. I've lost track. I mean, I think so. Because who's on it's it old now? school probation. Uh, well, you, you lose scholarships and you are, get a tournament ban, but I think they've already went through theirs. Um, newly number one, Auburn this week. Uh, actually had more first place votes than Gonzaga last week. Was still number two. Uh, that's sort of settled itself. Got forty five. Of the 61 first-place votes uh, after a good win yeah, against Kentucky. I mean, they've just got, honestly, a lot to like, including you know a guy that's sort of emerged as the likely number one pick in Jabari Smith, 6'10", can stretch to the floor, super athletic. Then Walker Kessler has played really well, the transfer from UNC. Um, Wendell Green Jr., he transferred from Eastern Kentucky, Actually, I saw him play as a high schooler at that NCAA camp that they had here in Champaign a couple of years ago and really liked him. I was like, that kid could be pretty good. Um, he's playing well. They got Alan Flanagan back. He had an Achilles injury like over the summer, um, but he's playing again. But you know, just look at the SEC in general. I mean, Auburn, number one, Kentucky's good. LSU's been good. Tennessee is a little back and forth, but they keep getting good wins. So they just beat LSU. Um, Alabama has a really strange resume. I still like that team a lot. National champ out of the SEC. I don't know. Right. Could be a thing. Urbana fans pulling hard for Tennessee. VJ Bailey still a member of the Volunteers, averaging about three points a game. I understand. Yeah, and like he's one of those guys that's like been in college basketball forever, mm-hmm. but they're 
they dot the rosters across the country this way. I mean, Trent Frazier been in college basketball forever. Um, yeah, Tennessee's an interesting team. Okay, like, they've got some good wins. They've got some. And then their losses really aren't bad. I mean, all to rank teams at this point. So. All right. Uh, topic on uh, Monday morning quarterbacks was uh, another kid who attended junior high at Urbana and didn't wind up staying in Champaign County. Kylan Boswell, what can you tell me that might cheer up Illinois fans about his recruitment? Well, he's a consensus five-star recruit that is seriously considering Illinois. I mean, I think that's a... Okay. A positive thing, but he's playing at a really good junior season at a Compass Prep uh, in Phoenix, and you know I think a Phoenix suburb. But playing that national schedule, I think mean, that was the whole purpose of you know moving west was to enhance the opportunities from a basketball standpoint. And played a couple years of high school in California last year on a, a pretty good, you know, a really good team, but got that national schedule with Compass Prep on a just stupid talented team. I mean, D one kids up and down the the rotation, and he's legit considered one of the best point guards in the class of twenty twenty three. And you know, had an, took an unofficial to Illinois in the fall. Um, has a really good relationship with Jeff Alexander, you know, Brad Underwood, um, and the idea of maybe coming home is is a positive chance to play with Trent Frazier. <laughs> Trent will be gone by that point. Sure, he'll be gone two years. Okay, it should be. I mean, who knows? Like they just keep coming up with ways for these guys to stick around. Um, but like he's got Illinois ties just beyond you know growing up in in CU. I mean, his, his grandpa played football for Illinois in the, the late eighties. This much is true. Um, incoming recruits are having a heck of a senior season. Yeah, I mean. Close to home ish, you know. Ty Rogers just I know over like on Friday just put up another double double, twenty one points, fourteen rebounds, and a really good win for Thornton. Jaden Epps, it's really kind of seen as like one of maybe the best scorers, and you know that class of twenty twenty two just he can really light it up. And you know the cliche is you know well he's a three level scorer. Well, he can score at all three levels. I mean he's got you know attack of the basket. He's got a little mid range game can get really hot from three-point range. I mean, he's not shooting like 45% or anything from three, but like he'll go through one of the, like we mentioned Trent Frazier, like a heater where he just knocks down like three or four, you know, in a really short time span. And then Sincere Harris, I mean, plays on a really good team at St. Vincent St. Mary in, in Akron, and he's having a good season himself. And It's an interesting class, and, you know, three top 100 four-star recruits and guys that I think – could have good good college basketball careers. I mean, you never know, but like they. But the, I think the main thing is they fit what Brad Underwood is looking for in like all the ways. Tell me about this uh, kid who committed as a walk on from up in the Chicago suburbs. Yeah, uh, Paxton Warden uh, plays on a really good Glenbard West team. I always confuse my Glenbards and Glenbrooks. Um, but, I mean, that's the team Braden Huff plays for, former Illinois target, headed to Gonzaga. Um, they've got, now that Paxton is committed as a walk-on at least, you know, all five of their starters are going to be added on a D1 mm. roster next year. Uh, beat Whitney Young on Saturday in uh, the Windside 
when sides collide shootout. Um, so still undefeated, Glenbard West. So I, mean, I think they can make a run at a state championship. And he's a six four guard, and he'll fill the, the walk on role. I mean, all right, maybe we can get them down here for the state finals. They need some teams with Illinois connections to kind of spur the crowd to show up. Please, probably so. Okay, but I mean, I think yeah, like, Kenwood. Yeah, maybe St. Rita. St. Rita. That'd be a good one. Um, I mean, those are like the yeah. two the two huge ones. Let's make that happen. All right. I'm looking forward to a return in the Sunday News Gazette. We wrote about that. All all signs still point to a normal state finals return uh, to Champaign. Yeah, which I mean should have happened last year. But right. obviously things were, were different. But, uh, I mean, we'll see what the state championships back in Champaign – feels like i mean because mm-hmm. i mean the history is certainly there but i mean just even i don't know if it was just pure or four classes but i mean interest to, has, had waned in state basketball same weekend as the big 10 tournament so ed bond will not be uh, with us here on the final scene nor will scott ritchie well likely. unless we unless we agree with coach underwood's uh, request to keep colin Likas on the beat i don't know if i told you about that your fill-in for the Purdue game, Coach texted me afterwards that he did a great job. I'd like to see him get more action. I mean, there's days when I'd be like, Colin, it's all yours. <laughs> oh, in all seriousness, Scott Ritchie does a bang-up job for us despite his prediction record. Uh, you're going to pick Michigan State incorrectly to win tomorrow. I mean, I, I haven't like put those words on You're You're leaning yet. that way. So here's a I am leaning that trickier way. question. You got Northwestern on Saturday. That's where I'm asking. I'm just stopping right there. I don't think I can pick Northwestern. Okay, thank you. Because we were going to have to have a uh, maybe an observation. If an, that was. Another week suspension <laughs> coming my way. No, it's and again, even for the Michigan State game, it's really Kofi dependent. What you're telling me is you're going to have to pick up tomorrow's News Gazette for a, for two bucks. It's yeah. a bargain. Yeah, pick it up. See what uh, direction Richie leans. All right, Scotty, it's been a while. Uh, your power poll. I'm I'm curious to see who your top three Illini are these days. I mean, it's an interesting time to do it. Besides Kofi's status, you can just I don't know that I can include him right now. So number one, mm-hmm. Trent Frazier. All right. Number two, um, Alfonso Plummer. His he's refound his three point shot, which is important for this Illinois team, whether Kofi's on the court or not, uh, especially when he's not. And then number three, this is kind of the thing. It's like, it's Jacob Grandison at three. Um, and then Kofi would be in there if he, if I knew he was playing. And like, Andre Gabello, yeah, we're still maybe figuring out where he's at. Great game against Purdue. And then apparently he was not feeling well against Maryland. Um, so we'll see where he's at Tuesday against Michigan State, see if he can make his debut next week in the Power Bowl. All right, Michigan State, kind of a gritty team, not expected to be contending for a Big Ten title at the start of the season, now up there with uh, the Fraud Badgers <laughs> uh, as contenders, I guess. I mean, but isn't that what – that's what Tom Izzo does. Like, It's I not guess. his like most talented, best teams that ever – Right. Like it's the ones are like you sort of write off beforehand. It's like, and then they just grind out win after win. 
All right, Big Ten's kind of a mess still. Uh, Purdue somehow has lost three Big Ten games. Hard to believe. Um, Rutgers doing all right, I guess. I, I I was fired up about my Hoosiers after beating Purdue. Then they laid an egg yesterday, so I'm not quite sure what to make of them. Yeah, and I mean Michigan played well against Indiana. I think they're nine and seven. So they, yeah, they're, 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 do you still have to have a 500 record to make the NIT? Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah, and then Rutgers had you know. Beat Maryland pretty well. Ugly, ugly win against Iowa, but then they just lost to Minnesota. Oh. And Minnesota had, I think, seven guys, like literally the bare minimum seven guys available. Okay. So yeah. Rutgers uh, still likes Steve Peichel a lot. It's not been his best year. All right, not a great uh, – maybe they'll turn it around in the tournament, kind of a vice versa thing from last year, right, when the Big Ten kind of – Was great fizzled. going in and then yeah, bottomed out hard. All right. What are some storylines we should be looking forward to this week, Scotty? I mean, the big one's Kofi. Will he play Tuesday against Michigan State or not? Um, I think the ongoing saga of Andre Curbelo is certainly up there. Because um, the Illinois better without him crowd got louder, I think, after an 0-2 week where he made his return. I mean, they're still wrong, but he's not quite himself yet, I don't think. So those are the two big ones. And then I think just flipping, you know, the script after a, a tough week, see if they can do it with, you know, again, a kind of a high-profile game early in the week and then, you know, one that they can't go on the road and lose again at Northwestern. So similar to last week, but uh, we'll see if they can do better. All right, before I let you go, I'm going to allow you to uh, get happy. And that involves data course uh we've been trying to ignore it uh, during your suspension but uh, now that you're back in the podcast booth i guess we got to give you the green light go ahead and data okay well we're gonna go with one positive we'll start with the positive okay we'll keep you happy um illinois turnover percentage the the number of times that they just cough the ball up mm-hmm. it'd been pretty high for a long time and wasn't great against Maryland, but had their best ball security game against Purdue. Only turned it over on 9.4% of their possessions. As opposed to, you know, the Marquette game where they turned it over on a full third of their possessions. 26 turnovers um, in that game, everyone remembers. Um, Fired up now. So that is getting better. They're like... The more you can hold on to the ball, the more times you can you know, have it to score. Okay. That's kind of a, a good thing. Just jotted that down. Yeah. Seems simple. But, you know, tougher to execute sometimes. And then on a uh, on a not great advanced metrics note, like the Maryland loss was one of Illinois' worst of the year. Like, I mean, the only two worst are Marquette and Cincinnati, just in terms of maybe how rough the offense was and kind of a combination plate, just how not great their defense was. Defense against Maryland from an adjusted efficiency standpoint, second worst of the season. I knew it. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and the offense? Uh, Not their worst, certainly not their best. Okay. But, I mean, 
the crazy thing is, like, their worst defensive performance of the year uh, from an advanced metric standpoint is when they beat Rio Grande Valley. Just because they, you know, gave up 85 points to a not very good team. I feel much. But turnovers are getting better. How about that? We'll, All right. we'll circle back to the positive. Man, did we miss Scott Ritchie and his data. I feel, I'm sure, I feel yeah, smart. I, I feel smarter now. I can, I can just feel how much you <laughs> missed it. I love my ball security stats, but I look at every game. It's an important thing. If you don't have apparently, the ball, you can't score. Apparently. All right, Scott Ritchie, in all seriousness, glad to have you back in one piece. Feeling good. Feeling uh, reinvigorated. Uh, looking forward to your coverage from Tuesday night and a uh, road trip to Northwestern on Saturday and a, and a better prediction record is what kind of what we're all hoping for here. Well, we'll see what Illinois can do for me on that front. All right, we'll talk to you next Monday morning.